The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Round Ball Stew. Hosted by Roto World, I'm Dan Titus from Yahoo Sports, NBA fantasy basketball analyst, joined with Rafael Johnson, the aficionado of all things fantasy basketball. We got uh, a lot of things to talk about, man. Not as many breakout crazy performances this week, but uh, tons of injuries that we got to talk about, man. So we'll get right into that, and then we'll give you some uh, look ahead to week 14, discuss some of our recommended streams for this week, and do a quick market check for some of the players that you may want to buy or sell um, going on in this, uh, in this fantasy season right now in this climate. So man, let's, let's start it off with first Raph, how you doing on this Friday afternoon? I'm doing well. appreciate the uh, intro. Um, aficionado. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot worse that can be said about someone. So I'll definitely take it. So I appreciate that. But um, yeah, um, I know Damian Lillard put up 50 last night, so that was pretty cool to watch. An efficient 50 at that. But, yeah, like you said, kind of calmed down a bit in terms of those high-scoring performances compared to what we saw during the holiday season just before that. So maybe the defense is coming back. I don't know. Uh, we're halfway through the season, so defense has to yeah. show up at some point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's let's kick it off with the injuries that we got to talk about. First and foremost, Kevin Durant is going to miss upwards of a month with an MCL sprain. It's not the same MCL sprain that, or the same leg that he suffered this injury last year that kept him out for six weeks. Um, it's his right one. So who are you picking up in fantasy? Who do you think is going to really benefit here, if anyone? I think it's going to be kind of what we saw last night in their loss to the Celtics, where it's going to be a committee approach. Like You're talking about one of the greatest scorers of all time. You're not going to replace him with one guy. You know, Joe yeah. Harris started. I thought he was good. TJ Warren, uh, TJ Warren, Seth Curry, those guys, I think those three, they're all going to be players that fantasy managers should really take a look at. Uh, if Harris sticks in the starting lineup, maybe he takes priority, but I don't think you can go wrong with Warren or, or Curry either. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Harris just because he's the starter right now. But yeah. like, as you said, I think it's going to be pretty much spread out amongst those guys because you got to replace that that high level of scoring. Um, Kyrie Irving is going to go off in this uh, final stretch yeah. here with, in this last month here. So I think he's going to be one of those better players that you weren't expecting to have to rely on. But here we are. Um, injuries are just bound to happen. It seemed like, I don't know, watching that game, the momentum really swung when there's this one pass where Kyrie Irving saw Ben Simmons going back door and he he looked like he was about to raise up and then he just mm -hmm. you know did the, the little pass off again. And then he proceeded to take it down the court and – tried to take it on four people, missed the layup, got pulled after yeah. that. I feel like the game was over after that. But shouts to Jason Tatum, man. That man is mm -hmm. is just absolutely dirty right now. Um, certainly MVP worthy. Yeah. I think the one thing I'm not looking forward to is the Ben Simmons discourse. <laughs> um, he took three shots last night, missed all three. He yeah. did have 13, or 13 assists, nine rebounds. He gave you good production in those areas defensively as well. But definitely with no KD, there's going to be more of a clamoring for him to actually shoot the ball. Yeah. And 
I don't know if he if it's out of stubbornness or what, but I think that's the worst possible thing that you can do with him given the track record. Yeah, I think that's where it's really going to be interesting is how is this team going to survive without KD and having to put that reliance on Simmons to actually have to be aggressive offensively. Um, Definitely a turning point in that game. But uh, the next injury, oh, man, this one hurt. This one Mm -hmm. cut deep. Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, at least, you know, right now it it looks like he's dodged the bullet. Um, He sprained his left elbow and has a mild left knee bruise. He's going to be evaluated in two weeks. So that doesn't really give much clarity as to what he's, you know, the timeline we're looking at here. But he's also, the team has said that they're also waiting on a second opinion yeah. and the results of those scans. So that's very murky territory. But what does that mean for Andrew Nemhard and TJ McConnell? Hey, Nemhard is already a starter. So I don't think it's going to change too much for him. Maybe his usage increases a bit just to have yeah. him on the ball a bit more. I think McConnell is the one that, that I'm going to be targeting. Uh, just because of what he can give you in the assist category and give you some defensive production as well. He's not going to be the scorer that Halliburton can be, but I think that's fine. And then I think the third guy, he's already rostered with Buddy Heald. I think he's going to end up – his usage is going to end up going through the roof here because they're going to need his scoring. He scored 31 against the Knicks Wednesday night. So I think Nemhard and McConnell, the obvious targets here, and then you got Buddy Heald. Got people who already have him are going to really benefit these next two weeks, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And Nemhard's probably not available in you know yeah. competitive deep league, so I think McConnell's the guy you want to probably target. His roster ship has skyrocketed over the last day. It was at nine percent yesterday. It's at thirty two now. So, mm-hmm. congratulations, kudos to those that are getting smart on it. Because TJ McConnell, yeah. just two years ago, he was providing six round value, getting twenty six minutes a game. So I think that mm-hmm. there's definitely some opportunities if you're looking for, you know, assists and steals. He's a menace. He's kind of like a he was Jose Alvarado before Jose Alvarado became a becoming a household name. But that dude is just a pest yeah. on defense. Just so annoying, but so great mm-hmm. to watch. And he's efficient from the field, too. So, yeah, yeah you really can't go wrong with TJ McConnell. And uh, to your point about Buddy Heald. Yeah, I, I would say that, like, you know, earlier in the season, I was expecting more trade chatter around that. Mm-hmm. But. If you have Buddy Heald, you got to hold on to him now. Yeah, um, I don't exactly. care whether – I don't think he's going to get moved. It seems like the Pacers are trying to build and potentially mm-hmm. re-sign Miles Turner. So if they're going to try to make a run for this, you know, they are clearly in the playoff standings right now sitting at number seven. Yeah. I think that's a good – this is a good time to have Buddy Heald on your team. He's going to win you that threes category. Yeah, there's no reason for them to, to pull the plug in this right now. Now, if we get two weeks in – Halliburton still struggling to get back and they go on like a, a major slump. Maybe you revisit it before the trade deadline, but yeah, right, right now he'll, he'll fine. Yeah. Um, and then another injury, uh, we talked about the Celtics a little bit yesterday, but Jalen Brown has an abductor strain and Joe Mazzulla was a little bit cryptic, said it could be one or two weeks, probably mm-hmm. one or two weeks. Doesn't sound like a serious injury, but something that's certainly going to not have not have him in fantasy lineups for the next couple of weeks. So um, is there anyone that you're looking to pick up in Jalen Brown's absence? I don't think so, to be honest with you. You know, maybe Grant Williams, he'll get the occasional start. But yeah, we saw earlier in the week where they started Robert Williams and Al Horford together. So I think if anything, you may be looking at Grant Williams as a streaming option when back to backs come up because Horford still hasn't played in in both ends of one this season. But I think that's the most you're looking for right now. Maybe a Malcolm Brogdon, but he's already going to be rostered in competitive leagues as it is. 
Yeah, Brogdon played really well too. Um, mm-hmm. And Mark, now that Marcus Smart's back, like I think they're yeah. gonna, they, they'll kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. Yep. Derek White is a person I'm kind of interested in, um, but he's he's already rostered in a lot of competitive leagues. That would be a shallow league ad. Um, but can you name just randomly? Can you name the two guards that are within the top fifty in total blocks this season? The only two guards: uh, Jay Gilgis Alexander and Marcus Smart. So close. Derek White. Derek White. Yeah. Right. Derek White. So, like, that's the thing about Derek White. Like, I know he, he doesn't look, he doesn't shoot a good field goal percentage, but mm-hmm. the defensive stats that this guy does, man, he's been, I think he's had a block in like, it's a, been a crazy run here. Um, I want to say it's been double digit games now. It's getting close to it, at least six straight. But, um, yeah, just absolutely uh, great work on him on the defensive end. That's one of those sneaky stats that you can get out of a guard. It's hard to get blocks on waivers sometimes. So, you know, if you can scoop somebody up like that, it's definitely a help. Um, yeah, he's had at least one block in nine straight games, it looks like. So, yeah. That's huge coming he, from, he had, from a guard. Yeah. He had an impressive one last night, too. So, Oh, yeah. With, uh, mm-hmm. Who was going up for that? It was um, TJ Warren. TJ Warren? Was rim. he going for a yeah. dunk or something? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Either him um, or Simmons, one of those two. Mm-hmm. And news came out. One of the most polarizing players in fantasy basketball recent memory, Jonathan Isaac, is returning to basketball. <laughs> this man is playing in the Orlando G League affiliate in Lakeland, Florida right now. Mm-hmm. And he looked pretty good, apparently. Yeah. Are you rushing to waivers to get this man? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think it's been over two years since he's played an actual NBA game. So, yeah, uh-uh. Uh -uh. (laughs) we can't do it we can't do it as as attractive as it looks you know he was a fantasy beast at one point but like i don't know i don't want to guess in this magic front court and Mm -hmm. inserting this guy into the into the fold is only going to make it even more confusing so yeah that's a hard pass for me too um totally agree um ad there were some rumors that he could be returning sooner more sooner rather than later did see a report from Shams Sharania that uh, he's expecting him to be at least two or three weeks out, maybe even four. Yeah. I wrote up an article this past Monday about potentially selling Thomas Bryant, but that was before I heard that. I would not, because now you're looking at AD's not coming back at least until week eight, 17, 18. Your fantasy season's almost over at that point. You got to ride this out with, with Thomas Bryant. Yeah, um, I know Dave McMenamin of ESPN reported what he'll be doing. Now he's moving to like some pool work, anti-gravity treadmill. That doesn't sound like someone who's close to a return. No. So, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't move Thomas Bryant. And I think the other question to ask is, do you hold on to Bryant once AD returns? Because we know that AD is not a big fan of playing the center position. They'll do it in crunch time if they have to. But I think this is going to be a situation where we see a bit more of Bryant and Davis alongside each other once AD is cleared to play. I totally agree with you. And so does Darvin Ham. Uh, he, I just read a, read something that he was saying that he, they love the ability of Thomas Bryant to score at all three levels. AD yeah. is obviously comfortable playing the power forward spot, and they, he plays great defense. Now, mm-hmm. he doesn't always show up on the box score, but he is able to switch. He's quick enough. Um, so I think that Thomas Bryant's probably – this is – that's the ideal starting lineup for the Lakers. They want yeah. Thomas Bryant to be in there alongside with AD. Just gives them a little bit more rim protection. So 
Um, I think eight, uh, Thomas Bryant should be a person that should garner your attention in fantasy. Like he's he's going to continue getting those double doubles, and you need that certainly right now for the volume that he's been getting mm-hmm. crazy. He's been what third round value over the last couple, second round value over the last couple of weeks, but fourth round value over the last month. So just phenomenal yeah. play by Thomas Bryant recently. Yeah, um, completely agree. And so just ran, <laughs> another something else that came up. Did you happen to see? Uh, Chandler Parsons explaining how he how he got how he got his bag. This absolutely yes, I did. I did. Yeah. So for anyone that didn't hear about it, he was reportedly going to go to Portland until his agent told him that they were going to do a physical, and he decided because of their history with Brandon Roy and and Greg Oden, and so Memphis apparently was not doing physicals. So he mm-hmm. said he put on this crazy performance to convince them that his knee was great, that he wanted to be there long term all the way finessing them for $95 million. Do you know who um, Chandler Parsons was ultimately traded for before he was waived by the Atlanta Hawks? Oh, man. Is that's, dude. that's taking it back. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do not know. I, I don't blame you, dude. It was yeah. Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley. <laughs> wow. You gave this man $95 million and flipped him for <laughs> Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley. Oh, man. Respect to Chandler Parsons for getting his, man. Uh, More athletes should do it. You know, it's a tough Mm -hmm. sport, grueling. But, man, that was probably going to go down as one of the ultimate finesse. That's some Bobby Bonilla, you know, New York (laughs) Mets stuff right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But mention Plumlee because his brother, Mason, is playing. I I didn't see this coming. 32nd in per game value (laughs) over the last week. What's happening with Mason Plumlee and why is he – just going off right now. I hey man, I think <laughs> part of it, a small part of it, maybe Lamelo Ball kind of getting fully ingrained back into that system, really yeah. helpful in terms of the two man game and whatnot. He's also improved as a foul shooter. You know, he's at sixty five percent over the last month. That isn't a great percentage until you consider who we're talking about here. This guy's what fifty nine percent for his career, and we've seen him go even below that on certain occasions. So. I think that the rebounding, you know, the finishing around the basket, he's not going to take shots from 15 feet or out. He's all around the paint in a restricted area. He knows who he is at this point, and it's really worked out for him and it's benefited fantasy managers thus far. Yeah, he's been elite at field goal percentage. He's shooting over close to 80% over the last two weeks, which is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, the free throw shooting. To be able to raise that up, you know, over the last couple of weeks, he's attempting 5.4 a game, knocking down almost four. Like, yeah. that's a substantial rise uh, for someone mm-hmm. that was so poor. And, you know, I don't know what it is, but these these players that are adjusting their shooting form, it looks ugly initially, but, you know, if you keep practicing, you, you do get some return on that investment. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely a person that I've been surprised about recently, probably more than anyone. Um, so hold on to Mason Plumley. It's It seems like you should ride this out because Stephen Clifford, definitely a guy that's that's kind of stubborn. He doesn't seem like he wants to – give those minutes to the rookie Mark Williams just yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, stand by and, and keep riding Mason Plumley. Um, all right. Final updates of things. Um, trade rumors. Chicago doesn't look like right now they're in the play in tournament. I don't know that they're going to be sellers right now. Um, obviously some contract situations with, with uh, Nikola Vucevic being an unrestricted free agent. Got to expect at this point, um, when I was reading from Casey, Casey Johnson, it seems like the the 
the Chicago brass really wants to give this core big three a shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And being that they're still in contention here, do you see them blowing it up or making a trade or a move anywhere? I don't know. I think it's ultimately going to depend on Lonzo ball. Like, because he's, he was kind of the connector for that group when they played well last season, he was on the court running a point. They they haven't had him at all this season. Obviously we don't know when or if he's going to be able to play this season. So I could see that happening, but if they continue to fall further behind, you mentioned Vucevic being a free agent this summer. He may be the one that they have to move just because you can't sit there and say, well, if we get Lonzo back, it's guaranteed to be better. We don't know that, especially when you're thinking about paying your center, what, four or five years? I wouldn't say max money, but probably pretty close to it. Yeah, I mean, some part of the you know Bulls front office is probably trying to save face. They might have to just mm-hmm. figure out a deal and overpay for for uh, Vooch because they gave up so much for him. You know, Wendell yeah. Carter, Otto Porter, two first round picks, one coming up in 23. So, you know, to ultimately just flip them. Uh, yeah, that seems like you, I don't know, you probably would have some regrets after that, but I don't know. It's going to be expensive to keep them all. Yeah. Pat Williams is a person that I could see maybe, but like, I don't know his value right now in the market probably isn't very high. Cause he's been pretty disappointing this season. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they move Caruso, but, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's like kind of that. He's been the the defensive backbone in the backcourt now that Lonzo Ball isn't there. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Curious to see what they do if they ride this out or decide to make a move in some form or fashion. Yeah, sure. I think Toronto is another team. You know, coming from the trade deadline, they've been a bit disappointing. Do they move someone? You know, um, Fred Van Vliet. He's up to get paid at, at some point in the very near future. Hadn't shot the ball well this season, but he's such an important guy for their culture that maybe he sticks around, maybe try to move someone else. Gary Trent Jr., he can be a free agent this summer. That's someone else to probably keep an eye on heading into that trade deadline. Yeah, I think Gary Trent Jr., man, he's been playing in a crazy amount of minutes lately, almost yeah. like it's as if it's an audition for you know him to be traded later down the mm-hmm. line. But, yeah, he's been number nine in per-game value over the last couple of weeks, like just yeah. absolutely torching, shooting the ball, crazy amounts of steals, elite at the fan, at the uh, free throw line. So mm-hmm. he was another player I had sell high, but, like, I mean, oof. At this point, you could, I mean, you could probably get a substantial return for yeah. it. So I'm still mm-hmm. not mad at the sell high, but ha- if he gets moves, if he gets moved, I don't think he's going to retain that. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my my thesis there. Let's get into some things about the, the schedule coming up. It's kind of interesting. Speaking of the Toronto Raptors, they're the only team that plays five games in week 14. So definitely a strategic advantage in, in head-to-head and, and points leagues if you – can get those five games out of a player, man, that's going to be definitely fruitful yeah. for you. How many teams have we got that have four games? Yep, 14 and four. Mm-hmm. Okay, 14 with four. And then uh, I think it's more notable that there's two ga- There's two teams that only play one game, and that's Chicago and Detroit. So you could pretty much take them off your, your streaming list. So you can drop Pat Williams, drop Io DeSumo probably. Um, Orlando and, and San Antonio only play two games. That's another team that I would probably cut any fringe roster uh, players there. So Sohan, Langford. Josh Richardson, yeah, Langford. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All those guys could be cut bait. But what about the back-to-backs? Is there any back-to-backs that you're either concerned about or potential rest opportunities for certain players? I think the Clippers. Um, it feels like they're going to get mentioned just about every week that they have a back-to-back. 
Right. For obvious reasons. You know, looking at Tuesday and Wednesday for them, Paul George dealing with that sore hamstring. You follow sports long enough, you know how tricky hamstrings can be. So who knows if he'll be able to play in one game next week, much less, you know, two or, or even three of the four that they have. So I think the Clippers there, Orlando Friday and Saturday, but then Phoenix. I think Phoenix is another big one just because of the number of guys they have out. DeAndre Ayton could be back soon. Um, Cam Johnson, they really don't have a timeline for him. Same with Chris Paul. So some of those guys may end up being in positions where you can throw them in your lineups for weeks. Like at Dwayne Washington Jr., I'm sure we'll discuss him a bit later. That's someone that with four games and a back-to-back, he could be a really big pickup if he's still available in your league right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of Aiton, he looks like he's going to give it a go. He's going to return on Friday. Right. Um, he's probable to play tonight. Cam Johnson looks like he's a couple games away. It sounds like he's mm-hmm. going to be playing or aiming to return after their current road trip of two games. So, you know, he's still probably a week, uh, yeah. close to a week out. Um, but you're right. I, I'm very concerned about those those Clippers back-to-backs. Anytime there's a Clippers back-to-back, you could expect Kawhi Leonard to probably sit. So I think that kind of elevates Terrence Mann a little bit. You know, I think he's he's yeah. subbed in very well. He's very well – I mean, he's widely available in most fantasy leagues right now. His roster ship is only um, – 14. 14%. So, yeah. yeah, you could definitely get him in Yahoo leagues whenever there's that, that sit potential there. Um, yeah, the, the hamstring injuries this year – you know, I, I think we've seen a couple, a couple different players try to force it and come back a little early, and then they wind up aggravating and have to miss more time. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the situation with Paul George here. I, I don't think that they want to force this. So I think Terrence Mann, regardless of whether Kawhi sits, he still could be getting those those Paul George minutes. So I think he's, he's probably, their starting point guard now. So <laughs> right, that's even more reason to yep. pick him up. Yep, yep. So I, I'd definitely be prioritizing him ahead of Week 14. Um, and the other team that you mentioned. Orlando Orlando uh yeah I don't outside of you know Markel Fultz who's widely who's not widely available you know he's Mm -hmm. going to be a shallow league guy I'm not really attracted to too many Orlando Magic these days like it's just too much of a revolving door it's almost becoming like the Oklahoma City Thunder where it's like you have your your stars your main your main cogs Mm -hmm. and Paolo and and Franz and Wendell Carter and then everybody else you know Bull Bull is a person that is is you know, he's missed several he's disappeared, games. basically. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be out of the rotation pretty soon. Or it looks like he's mm-hmm. heading that way. Um, Mo Bamba, same thing. So, yeah, definitely would not be looking at those guys. Not as attractive. So, but, yeah, to get all of your injury updates last minute, what do you what do you use? What's your source? I use the Roto World app. Uh, that way you can favorite your players that are on your rosters so that you get updates straight to your phone as soon as the news drops. Um, and the app is available in all your preferred app stores today. Yeah, man. Get that Roto World app. Quickest way to get all your information. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's just talk about the waivers. You mentioned Dwayne Washington Jr. Uh, since we were talking about the Suns. Chris Paul, he aggravated the hip. So I don't, mm-hmm. we don't know, you know, this man's creeping up in the age, getting to the top yeah. tier of those 30s now. So I don't, it's hard to predict when he's going to come back. Campaign is still on IL with an ankle injury. So this looks like the Dwayne Washington Jr. show for a while. And I think he's going to, he might hurt your field goal percentage, but it's the minutes and he's not scared of the moment. Monty Williams yeah. has backed him in the, in, in his press conferences. Um, he is a good source of assists and he's been getting steals as well. I'd really like the threes volume that he's doing. So is he a guy that you're, you're actually looking and, and looking forward to picking up in fantasy? Yeah, for sure. I think if anything, get a bit upset. He spends a little too much time on the bench when yeah. they have ball handling struggles. I think it was against Denver the other night where, yeah, guys get actually the Warriors game where you had guys getting their pockets picked left and right. He's still sitting on the bench. So hopefully that changes um, here pretty soon just because they don't have too many other options. We've seen Damian Lee play some time on the ball, but Ugh. of the of the house, him players, handle the ball, man. He's just yeah. not he's just not, not he's not a point guard, but yet they're mm-hmm. they're using him in a facilitating. Yeah. He's actually been getting downhill very well, but I agreed. Like he's not a take up the ball and get the yeah. offense started kind of guy. Saban Lee's on a 10-day contract. You're not going to count on him in fantasy. So, no. yeah, ho- you hope that Dwayne Washington can get into those 30s in terms of minutes on a consistent basis moving forward here. Yeah, and he's uh, widely available, 18% in Yahoo leagues right now. So he's definitely out there in competitive leagues too. Najee Marshall, he had a big week. He doesn't really mm-hmm. show up in the rankings that way. You know, he was 113 in per-game value in week 13, but I'm still – going to grab him if he's available yeah. 21 points over five rebounds two steals you don't just find that on waivers every day and you know i think the the ranking is probably being depressed because of his free throw percentage and the turnovers mm-hmm. but and he's getting three assists i don't know he does a little bit of everything man i'm still on the Najee train what about you i agree he's going to be starting pretty much until either brandon ingram or zion williamson return so yeah, I would definitely grab him. I think he's more of a category guy than a point, yeah. more of a points guy than a head to head. But either way, he's at a stage in his season where he should be rostered in most leagues. Yeah. Um, are you going to take the bait on Chris Boucher this week? No. <laughs> You're not doing it. I know they play five games, but let's be honest, Nick Nurse has never been one to kind of load manage his main players which makes it really difficult for guys like Boucher because you also have Precious Achua in there. Juancho Hernan Gomez has played rotation minutes. Christian Coloco. I just think there's too much to sit through when we look at those reserve bigs on the roster on the uh, Raptors roster right now. I'm going to take the bait early in the week because they have two, they have two mm-hmm. back-to-backs. Or they have a back-to-back Monday, Tuesday. So, yeah. you know, pick them up Sunday. You can get an extra game in there. Um, and then they have a back-end back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. So mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of spots if if Boucher is out there and depending on what categories you may need, you may need a block, you may need some cheap rebounds, you know, five, six. I think that there's a place that he might be able to be valuable at some point. But 
not the sexiest waiver pickup mm-hmm. by any means, but this is purely just a volume play. I'll probably do it in a couple of leagues just to uh, just try to try to get a little bit ahead of it and see if I can get a little a couple extra counting stats in there. On the Rockets, though, Kevin Porter Jr. injured, got injured, foot contusion, left the game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Sean Tate is the backup point guard right now for them. Ty Ty Washington isn't in the rotation right now. I think he's still injured. I'm kind of intrigued by Jay Sean Tate, man. Like he's averaging eight and a half rebounds and assists in the uh, five games that he's played this year. So still struggling with his field goal percentage and trying to get those reps up offensively, but everything else, he's one of those guys that kind of infects the game. Um, His hustle, the offensive rebounding, he can get the offense started. Unlike others on the Houston, I don't know who actually facilitates anything on the, on the Houston offense. It should be Sangoon, but you know, tell that to Steven Silas. Um, but I like Jay Sean Tate this week and also KJ Martin, another guy I'm pretty high on. What do you, what are your thoughts on those guys? I'm more of a Martin guy just because we've seen him slide into the starting lineup whenever someone's been out. Um, especially Eric Gordon when he set out, you know, an end of a back to back, so to speak. So I'm more of a Martin guy with rebounds, the scoring. Um, Tate's very effective as well. I just don't know how much he's going to be on the court if he's going to get like 25 to 30 minutes. Um, yeah. You'd like to see it just because of everything you described, but that team's just an absolute mess right now. I just want Eric Gordon to be freed by the trade deadline. That's all I Yes, want. just free him, free up <laughs> minutes for Tari Eason, free up minutes yeah. for K.J. Martin. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Steven Saz is looking at, man. Like, K.J. Martin has another has a highlight dunk every other night. And, like, the yeah. way he attacks the rim – He's just so good and just wasting away on the bench here, man. So yeah, I'm I'm all team KJ Martin too. Um, I was I would prioritize KJ Martin over over Deshaun Tate. I think they could both be options if Kevin Porter Jr. is going to miss time in uh, week 14 here. Um, another player we we talked about the Nets a little bit, but uh, Royce O'Neal's roster ship has gone down as of late. Is he a guy that you think can can fill in for Kevin Durant while he's out? Do do you see his usage going up at all? What are your thoughts yeah. on him? Because he's already a starter. Um, yeah. You know, 48% roster. I thought that was a bit low for him even before the injury, uh, just because he's kind of hovering around that top 100 value. And you don't really find that too often with your supplementary players. So I think this would be a good time to really hop on that Royce O'Neal bandwagon, just because his minutes are, are a bit more dependable than, say, even a TJ Warren right now, I think, in terms of how much he's going to actually play. Yeah. Yeah, and you got to figure. I figure TJ Warren will probably get some load management time too. Yeah. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, also? I know DeAndre Ayton's going to be returning, not really the same position, but Dario Saric has been playing pretty well this week. Do you think his return kind of puts him back on the bench? Would you pick him up in a deep league? Um, what are your thoughts on Saric? I'd leave him alone uh, just because we've kind of seen that spot a bit fluctuate, you know, based on the matchup. Um, in recent weeks, even with Aiton uh, sideline. So, yeah, I don't – I'm leaving Sarge alone. He is a better option than Bismack Biombo, I think, but that's not really saying a whole lot. No, it's not. Uh, he's seen 26 minutes in his last three games. Mm-hmm. Last two hit double figures. Had a really nice 19-9-7 and seven game against the Warriors. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that was probably more matchup-based than anything. Um, is there any other guys that you're you're looking to pick up ahead of Week 14? Oh, we already hit on Terrence, man. Uh, I think Quentin Grimes, uh, Knicks. 
We're gonna. Yeah, this he, is gonna be a weekly conversation, bro. Because no one it, wants it, to pick up Quentin Grimes. I don't get it. I don't like, get it. I don't get it. He's gonna play well over thirty minutes per game. Tibbs does not want to play Fournier or Cam Reddish if no, he doesn't have done. to. So yeah, it, pick him up, man. I know RJ Barrett being back may make some people a bit skittish, but I don't think it should because Grimes is just going to be in that position where he can play off of those primary scores knock down three-pointers, and he's the best defender of those starters right now. His roster ship continues to, to go down. 37% after just dropping, I don't know, 18 points with five rebounds, two assists, two steals. Yeah. Like, 54, 55% from the field. Like, he didn't miss his free throws. Like, what does he do wrong? Why are y'all not getting this man? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's becoming egregious at this point. But wanted to, wanted to get your thoughts on Emmanuel quickly with the return of R.J. Barrett. Um, is he a guy that you're going to be holding on to in deeper leagues, or do you think that uh, his return now kind of pushes him to less minutes, less opportunity? Is he still a guy that's worthy of rostering? I think in deep leagues, I would hold on to him just because yeah. in addition to the scoring that he provided when Barrett was out, he, he was also better defensively. And I think that's the big thing with, with Tom Thibodeau in terms of, you know, we just mentioned how he's cut down that perimeter rotation considerably. So I think, it shouldn't take too much for quickly to get in those mid to high twenties moving forward in terms of minutes. I agree with you, man. I'm holding on to him. And I think we'll see this Knicks rotation kind of tighten up a bit here down the stretch as they need to win some games. I think we'll see less of those, you know, Tibbs just trying to give people minutes. They will get back more to the Tibbs. That was more like Nick nurse playing Mm -hmm. everybody high, you know, thirties minutes. And I think he's going to be the first person off the bench. So he should still get a significant amount of time there. Um, All right, let's get into some buy and selling. Um, Got a lot of hot names on this list and some players that are certainly underperforming. Um, So I want to know if you're going to try to make a move for these guys. So the first one, Michael Porter Jr. has dropped to 87th in per game value. Is he a guy that you'd be looking to buy or hold? I'm going to hold. I don't see the tough thing buying is that you've got Jamal Murray, who's who's improved. I think he's going to end up taking on more minutes moving forward as he gets further removed from that eight tear that he suffered. And then Jokic, you know, he's the focal point of what they do. And also the emergence of Aaron Gordon. There's certainly the ability for Michael Porter Jr. to have those flashes, but I don't know if he's someone that I would eagerly look to go out and, and buy right now. I agree. And I, I think as what you, you said with the emergence of Aaron Gordon, the, the basketball that he's playing right now, um, Oof, man, uh, I think that's definitely cutting into into what Porter Jr. could do in terms of ceiling. So, yeah, I think uh, he's definitely in hold mode right now. Um, Tyrese Maxey, 106 in per game value. Not really doing much outside of scoring right now, but yeah. this is a guy I'm, I'm, I've been all in since the beginning of the season, and I think this is the perfect time to buy it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, we probably don't even need to spend too much time on Maxey, no. as a matter of fact. You know, I think he's only going to get better is that, you know, it continues to shake off the rust. You got Embiid back in the mix, too. I think that'll open some things up for him and the other, you know, ancillary parts in that offense. So, yeah, I'm definitely a buy on on Maxi as well. Yeah, I think this is a perfect time to get him if you're looking to buy. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. is 95th in per game value. I think we've seen him kind of start to turn the corner in terms of uh, his play as of late coming back from that injury. What What are your thoughts on Wendell Carter? Yeah, I think he's fine. Uh, If you have him, you hold. Um, I think he's kind of – he's 
I don't know how to describe it, but he should be fine in terms of not really being in danger of losing minutes once they get, say, uh, if Jonathan Isaac were to play basketball again this season. <laughs> I think he's Big pretty F. safe. Yeah, I think he's pretty safe, and I think you can say the same for Franz Wagner. But the other guys in that front court rotation, maybe they take a hit if that time ever comes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the buying category. I think his his per game value right now is is understated. And I think as we'll see, as you just mentioned, I think he's the he is the one one of the front court members that's not gonna lose any minutes here. I think he'll improve and probably finish within the top 80, 70, 80 range. So I think there's still yeah. some room for growth there. Kyle Lowry, are you gonna sell him? Are you buying him? What, what are you doing, Kyle Lowry? I think I try to sell him, to be honest with you. Um the, the load management days that he's taken on occasion, even with Tyler Hero out right now, that can still be an issue. Um, Miami's played a little bit more straightforward with its injury reports recently, which is definitely appreciated. But I don't think it'll take too much for Lowry to be in a situation where he gets a night off. And if you're talking about, say, a three-game week, that could really hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, His uh, the injury management – that's going on in Miami is just maddening right now. Um, Jimmy Butler, a guy that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. absolutely a sell high with how frequently he's been uh, missing games. Although he's been playing outstanding, you know, it's yeah. just that injury management. That's just so tough. Um, I'll throw it out here. Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's your, what's your thoughts on Giannis? You holding? Some of yeah, these I'm games holding. are just 55, 10 and whatever. Like it's crazy, yeah. but you gotta, I think now he's missed six games due to injury management. We're halfway through the season. He's probably going to miss seven more. The Bucks only have 20 games left. Uh, 20 to the fantasy playoff. So, yeah, you figure he'd only play around, you know, 14, 15 games. Is that is that any concern to you with his injury management? If it were someone who wasn't capable of the explosive nights that he's shown himself, himself capable of, I would probably consider selling. But – Giannis, like you said, he's someone who can go for like 55 and 10 or 15 rebounds or something like that. I'm not moving that. You know, I'll take the hit in the free throw percentage. So be it. But I'm not I'm not moving that kind of player, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. If that were Kawhi Leonard, I'd probably, you know, the roles yeah. would change. I would definitely be mm-hmm. selling it. But, yeah, there's just too much of a spike potential with Giannis. Um, last few here. Victor Oladipo, 106 in per-game value. I'm actually kind of. Or would you sell high on Oladipo? But I actually think it's actually a good time to keep him, given all this injury management that's yeah. going on with uh, Butler and, and Lowry. I think they've probably played a conservative for him mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season, knowing that this could this could kind of uh, pop up later on. Yeah, I lean sell high because he can also be subject to that injury management night. You yeah. Know? So I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't be opposed to holding on to him, but I think it's a situation where you may put his name out there and see what you can get in the return before making a, an ultimate decision. Yeah. And uh, last one, throw out here, De'Anthony Melton, 43rd in per-game value right now. What are you doing with De'Anthony Melton now that Tyrese Maxey is back? I'm actually going to hold here um, because we've seen this before from Melton where his role changes and it takes a couple of games for him to kind of get acclimated again. Um, now he's back in that bench role. He's he's hit a bit of a dry spell, I would say. But I think he's good enough where he can give you the the defensive stats, um, decent scoring and what and assists off the bench, where he can still be of value. Now you're not thinking top fifty, but I think he's good enough to continue to help you in your fantasy league. I agree. Great for stocks, threes, and um 
yeah, I think he's going to, I don't know, there could be a shakeup here. Doc Rivers may get, do some lineup changes. I think he's still mm-hmm. going to be uh, very well involved. So, yeah, I would still still hold DeAnthony Melton uh, despite the return of Tyrese Maxey. All right, that'll do it for Round Ball Stew, presented by NBC Sports Edge. Thank you for those that tuned in on Twitch. Make sure you download and subscribe on all platforms. We will see you next week. We're going to change it up a little bit. You can actually hear us on Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. So we're going to be switching up a little bit, but same content, same dudes. Raph, I'll see you next week. Until then, peace. All right, thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.